You're listening to the Counter Culture Mom Show. Our kids are under fire every day with the media and pop culture persuading them to give up their faith and Christian values. Stay tuned now as former Hollywood actress and pop culture expert Tina Griffin helps you counter these messages and safely navigate today's pop culture chaos. Habakkuk said, Lord, please tell me what you're doing. And God said, no, I'm not going to tell you, Habakkuk, because if I told you what I was doing, you wouldn't believe it. If God today told us what he's doing in the world, we wouldn't believe it. Don't you think God's given up and God's abdicated and God's left the throne? He hasn't. He's still on the throne. And those of us that know him put our trust in him and him alone. I don't put my trust in Washington. I don't put my trust in the United Nations. I don't put my trust in myself. I don't put trust in my money. I put my trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. When all the rest of it fails and crumbles and shatters, he'll be there. The battle for prayer is for transforming drudgery into joy and life-giving intimacy with God. We know that prayer is important. It's the lifeblood of the Christian life. But almost all believers find prayer to be hard. We can experience discouragement or disillusionment in our prayer lives. We get distracted and disheartened. What can we do if we're in a season of drought or have never experienced a rich life of prayer? And the big question for many of us, how can we sustain a life-giving prayer ministry? I am personally at this point right now. Dr. Bill Thrasher shares clear steps to jumpstart a life of prayer in his book, How to Resurrect a Dead Prayer Life. This book seeks to revive our prayer life into one that God uses to restore his people to the place of his blessing. Begin to breathe again as you offer your heart, desires, and disappointments to the God who is always there for you. Tina Griffin here. Welcome to another episode of the Counterculture Mom Show as we kick off 2024. The theme this week as we enter the new year is prayer, and we personally and as a nation need this more now than ever before. To talk through resurrecting our prayer life, I'm with Bill Thrasher, Professor of Theology at Moody Bible Institute. Dr. Bill, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing just fine. It's a delight to be with you. You too. We had to James' words there. Greatly appreciate it. I was converted under his ministry. That is amazing. Uh, He came to Montgomery, Alabama. I was a 13-year-old boy. I was in a church but didn't didn't know the Lord. He 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 came there. He counseled a European vacation to come there. He was I learned much later through a book that he was there on presidential order. Uh, Lyndon Johnson called him up, said, look, your gospel is the only thing that could do anything for the racial crisis down there. He came there and he preached there in the local football stadium. Uh, but I heard the gospel that night and my life was changed. And I praise God for that. And I worship God for that. You just put chills down my spine in this new year, Dr. Bill. A fantastic. We need more of godly men in this nation and I'm praying that everyone that has um, that's tuning into this program right now that can hear what you're saying takes to heart and just grabs a hold of the purpose that God has for their lives to make a difference in our nation. Amen. We we've got to get we've got to get back uh, God back in our country. You have served on the faculty of Moody Bible Institute since 1980, and you're a frequent speaker in churches retreats across this country. In fact, right after this interview, you're heading off to speak at another event. You're married to Penny. You have three sons, Will, Michael, and David. Has your prayer yes. walk always been strong since you placed your faith in Christ, or have it, has it grown stronger over the years? 
uh, it certainly has. I've had many lessons I've had to learn along the way. After I was converted, I read the Bible each day, but I really did not significantly grow. We were a part of a, a church. I think of people of my parents' age knew the Lord, but I really just sort of tried to keep my life sort of from being totally being morally clean. But I went to, I joined the Air Force Reserve right out of high school, even though I graduated first in my class. I knew I was going to go to college, but for whatever reason, I joined the, the service six months after duty. And then I went to Auburn University, which is a state university there in Alabama, pledged the social fraternity that my brother was a part of. And this is a social fraternity on a state university. But it was in the great mercy of God, I'm talking about what jump started my Christian life and my prayer life. Uh, I wandered into the room of a fraternity brother one day and I didn't ask a question. He began sharing with me. He was an unusual fraternity brother. He had pledged that fraternity to lead people to Christ. That's usually not why people join him on state state universities. Wow. Uh, I still have contact with him, dear man. Without even asking a question, he began sharing with me. Have you made the wonderful discovery of the spirit filled life? I hung on every word. I didn't know that all I knew about the Holy Spirit. See, I was a very uninformed Christian. Uh, we said the Apostles Creed every Sunday. I believe in the Holy Ghost. That's all I knew. But I saw that there was a resource uh, that I that I knew nothing about. I ended up rooming with him. And that's what God used to spark uh, a call into the ministry um, and also a life of prayer. But there were other significant times that also that, that also along the way, uh, even after, after developing the habit of prayer in, in nightly and, and had prayer meetings in my room every night uh, when I was in seminary, um, and then went off to, to God raised up an opportunity to, to, to be a professor here at, at Moody, which I've been for these last 44 years. Wow. Um, but and I lived a life of prayer. But then there was one morning. Uh, this is what I'm saying. I'm not talking down to anybody when I talk about reservating to prayer life. I'm talking about my own life. There was one morning I was really the more you the more I was around the Christian church. You say, pray for this, pray for this. Pray. I tried to pray for it all. And then right. there was one I said, God. I think the greatest gift you can give me is just to take this burden off my back. Uh, you know, what I discovered was this, Lord, I'm not sure I'm really expecting anything to happen. And sooner or later, you ask yourself, if you're praying, I expect anything to happen Why I pray. And so that put me on a pilgrimage that put me on a pilgrimage. You know, there are five commands in relationship to the Holy Spirit. Walk by the Spirit, be filled with the Spirit, don't grieve the Spirit, don't quench the Spirit, and pray in the Spirit. Now, I didn't know anything about that. But that last one, I said, God... Evidently, this is not just a human experience. Your spirit wants to enter in and help me to pray. And that's what <sighs> on top of my prayer life for many years was Luke 11, 1. Teach me to pray. God, Jesus responded when his disciples came to that. Uh, so that became an adventure of learning to pray. Let D.L. Moody, the founder of our school, greatest preacher of his day, he said, I'd rather teach one person to pray than 10 people to preach. And oh my preacher gosh. that. Anyhow, that that's what jump started. Um, I shared this message with Moody Publishers, uh, and they said put it in a book. And so that's what I've done in obedience to him. So how to resurrect a dead prayer life? I we're going to be talking about that book. I'm not kidding when I tell you that you are reviving me with the words that God placed in you to share with me personally. And I know the audience. I know that we're there's more than just me that are feeling what you're saying. The excitement in it and also the heaviness of what we see going on in our culture today that we have to have what you're saying in order to lead the loss to the Lord. Something critical Amen. you said a couple of minutes ago um, when Billy Graham was preaching and he was asked by Lyndon B. Johnson, former president, 
to come speak where you were. It was to help bring God into the foundation of the issue with racism back then. Look at what's going on in our nation right now. Um, Right. I can't wait to dissect these questions. My top pressing question for you, how do you identify a dead prayer life? I think it's when my own life, when I, when you're praying and you're not expecting anything to happen. I was very much involved in the activity prayer. I think there are many, many strategies that can get a person to despise prayer. Um, but when you're not expecting anything to happen, when you're not really sharing your heart, C.S. Lewis says the prayer that precedes all prayer is this. Let it be the real I who speak. Let it be the real thou I speak to. I think I was not raised in a way, I was raised by a wonderful family, but we didn't really talk at this level. And the idea, I was trained not to really get in touch with my heart. If you ask me, are you fearful? Are you angry? I'd, I'd say no. And I wouldn't be intentionally lying. I would be lying, but I wouldn't be intentionally lying. I didn't get in touch. But God's spirit loves you so much. It's not like he's putting another demand on a, another thing to do on a too busy life. No, uh, no, who wants another thing on your to-do list? Nobody. But he, he's really saying, I want to enter in, get in touch with your heart, help you share your heart with me. And that's a wonderful thing that God loves you so much. He wants to help you digest. I mean, the relational joy that you can have with the Lord uh, is is really amazing. Uh, don't Don't despise yourself. You say, hey, I'm not there. God can bring you there. Have you ever wanted to start a charity or ministry? Launching a nonprofit can be time-consuming, expensive, and overwhelming. If you have a vision and mission, but don't know where to start or how to raise donations, Capstone Legacy Foundation is your solution. Their ministry charity project allows you to receive tax-free donations without the expense and hassle of forming your own 501c3 and in less than 48 hours. This ministry partnership fund is exactly how Counterculture Ministries got its start, and we grew quickly. Capstone Legacy Foundation handles all your legal and accounting paperwork, allowing you time to develop the ministry and message God gave you. Call Capstone today at 610-688-8890 or check out capstonelegacy.org for more information. And tell them Tina sent you. Partner with Capstone Legacy Foundation to transform our culture for Christ and get your nonprofit started today. The following is a life-saving message brought to you by LifeVac. Hi, I'm Arthur Lee, CEO and inventor of the LifeVac. Did you know that over 30 children a day are rushed to the hospital due to a choking emergency? That's why it's imperative to have a LifeVac nearby. It's made in the USA. LifeVac is an emergency suction device that is patented, FDA registered, and has successfully saved over a thousand lives already. Hear it from a real life saved. I tell people, life facts saved my baby. I had the skills, I had the training, it didn't work. The life fact is simple to use. Just place, push and pull to suction the object from the airways. Avoid the ER or worse. Get your life-saving life fact now. Choking emergencies happen. Get your very own life fact now and get 20% off. Visit lifevac.net or call 877-LIFEVAC now. Since the theme of the week is on prayer, the Counterculture Ministries team wanted to extend some of our top prayer requests so that you can come alongside us and we can all pray together for what God wants and has for this program in the new year. Please pray that we as a team deepen our relationship each and every day with the Lord. That is first and foremost. The deeper we go with our walk with Jesus, 
the more we're going to hear his voice in guiding our program. Please pray that God guides each and every guest to give us exactly what he wants us to hear and that our faith is deepened as a result and we are active in walking out our faith. You can go to counterculturemom.com to donate, pray and ask God, can you partner? And if you've done a one-time gift, can you become a monthly partner? That would help us a ton. And then also pray that we continue to use these funds wisely in exactly the intricate areas that God is telling our team to spend these finances monthly to make sure that we are getting his words out to the exact audiences that he wants us to reach. Last but not least, if you have a prayer request, please email us at show at counterculturemom.com and know that we as a team will absolutely be praying for your specific situation. And I personally want to thank you for helping this God-sized dream in my brain become a reality by hosting this program every single week. Thank you so much. Let's do this in 2024. I really believe, like I've said so many times in this program, Christ is right around the corner. So let's finish this race well. You said a lot of people don't pray deep, get close to God in their prayer walk because they don't believe that their prayers will be answered. That is huge. And honestly, as you're saying that, I'm asking myself, do I do that? I think when we pray for the same thing for so long and we don't see those prayers answered, and I have several right now, and I don't want to talk too much about it because I probably will start like wailing, honestly, on the program right now, is that. I think I do have a tendency personally to think that God isn't going to answer it. And then I start questioning because I'm a deep thinker. Am I doing something wrong that he's not answering it? Is there something better that he wants me to wait for? Is this something he's trying to have me get to a certain uh, walk with him until he releases that? Because it usually is for me the last literally 30 years as of two months ago, my walk with the Lord, placing my faith in the Lord September 30 years ago, that typically he's a last minute God for me. I will pray, pray, pray. And I'm wondering, am I praying wrong? And you know, why is it not being answered? And then when I finally say, that's it, I prayed for this for three years. Obviously you're not wanting this to happen. I got to rethink what I'm thinking you're wanting me to do. Within minutes, a day later, that prayer I've been thinking about praying over for three years, a decade is answered. It's like when I'm like, I'm done praying for it. God's like, oh, there you go. I don't even know what you want to say to respond to that, but that's been my walk. And it's sometimes been really frustrating. So what do I do with this? Help me. Well, many, many times, you know, teach me your ways, O Lord, that I may know you. A way of God is this. God wins victories in the midst of apparent defeat. Oh. Um, I think I saw that for the first time. There were the two unnamed future witnesses in Revelation 11. They have a oh. glorious ministry. And it says after they finish their ministry in Revelation 11, they are martyred. And not only are they martyred, but they're mocked. They lay in the streets. They don't even give them a proper burial and they rejoice over them. But in the midst of that apparent defeat where the enemies of wickedness and the enemies enemies of righteousness, I should say, are, are, are triumphing. Uh, God raises them up. Now, that is a way of God. Jesus, when Jesus was lying in the grave, it looked like the enemies of righteousness had won. But God was winning his greatest victories. And out of that came the, the resurrection. So God can do that. God can win his victories in parent defeat. Now, I think all those things that you're wrestling with, certainly, see, we're not in this by ourselves. Um, our faith is attacked. 
Uh, Paul says, I came to find out about your faith, lest the tempter having tempted you. Uh, there are times that we're walking around and this is the thought that's controlling our mind. Lord, it's totally up to me to figure this out. It's totally up to me to work this out. Uh, now, that's not how we'd sign our doctrinal statement, but that's the thought that's controlling us. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. I was studying that Greek word there, be strong. And I just looked at the various references. And this one hit me in a special way. It says, Abraham was strengthened, same Greek word, was strengthened to believe. You need strength to believe. I live in a world of unbelief <laughs> and I need strength to believe. And, uh, and so sometimes you need other people praying with you, other people praying for you. You need to continually be energized by God's word. Um, strength to believe. I like also that phrase. It says that my, this is Paul, one of the last words he wrote. He says, at my last defense, no one supported me. They all deserted me. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. I like the German reformer, Martin Luther said, where would you be if all your followers were to leave you? He said, I'd be right in the very hands of God. And so that's what we need. Be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And so let him enter into those times where the devil, in those times of preparing defeat, the devil throws those fiery darts of despair at every single one of us. And, uh, and God wants to give us hope. I love that prayer of Ephesians 1. I pray that you would know the hope of your calling. To be able to pray hope into a life is a great, great privilege. To be able to pray hope into a life. Uh, and the two other things of that Ephesians 1 prayer is a great prayer too. This is so good. So I'm going to get a little personal to kick off the new year. Usually the way the enemy has attacked our marriage is finances. And that could be like a five-hour episode right there. And the frustration right. with me is, finances in several areas. God has kept this program on the air for over 540, I think, episodes at this point. I don't even know how. At the end of the month, we have enough to pay for just the airtime. But what's frustrating to me is if we had that covered every month, I would be able to do so much more because God already put in my brain, give here, give to that ministry, donate over here grow on these five more platforms to reach more families, like millions of people more every week, but we're waiting for the funding. So what do you do when people are got great God-sized vision and mission and the what you need isn't there yet? Like that's the frustrating part for me where it's grinding in my gut. And I know that I need to just release. I keep saying, God, it's your program, your funding. And that's just this part, not our marriage part with the funding. And I know many people watching this, I know that many people out there is the same thing. How do we, okay, let me just, let's go to the next question because this completely fits in. So I'm giving you a little glimpse of our frustration. How can a worried, frantic person, sometimes that's me, begin to enjoy God's presence and peace? That's where I, I feel like I have it, but I'm not where I need to be. Yeah. Well, I think that's one of the things that, that makes God so real is, is, that he entrusts us with those temptations of fear and anxiety. And, and, uh, that's where people live. And, uh, so he, uh, he says, be anxious for nothing. Now, if God stopped there, that wouldn't help me really. It just helps me nothing. I know, I know I'm anxious now. I know I'm sinning. So that doesn't help a whole lot. Uh, God said, every time you're, you're tempted to be anxious, God is tapping us on the shoulder said, you know, you need to talk to me, uh, talk to me about it. Now, sometimes we have to talk to him about it and say, Lord, what is it I'm really anxious about? Uh, what's really the root of this? And, uh, but then he says, he says, tell me, tell me what you want me to do about it. He says, he says, let your request be made known, pray, uh, and let your request be made known to God. But then he says, don't stop there. Yeah, you do pray. You do petition him, but thank me. 
and the power of praise. Um, thank you, God, that, that, that your glory is at stake, not mine. Thank you that you care more about these people than I do. Uh, thank you, Lord, that your honor is at stake. Uh, thank you, God, that you haven't let us starve to death. Thank you, God, that you're on the throne. And so praise is one of our most powerful spiritual weapons in our warfare. And that's a whole nother discussion itself. But that's, but, you know, and that's where people live. There's everybody at every stage of life, at every stage of life, there'll be something that, uh, that, that makes us sense our need for God. And of course, that's really the strength of our prayer life. Uh, don't despair of that helplessness. Don't despair of that distress. It's the strength and the power of your prayer life. I so needed to hear your words today. I so needed everything you've just said. Um, how can times of despair be transformed into prayers that even affect future generations? That one really struck me. Mm. You know, it's, it's when, when God wants to do something, God puts a prayer burden on somebody's heart. Uh, that's how God works. When, uh, uh, when Jesus was walking, he saw the multitudes like sheep without a shepherd. He cared. He wanted something to happen. He turned He could have said anything, but he turned to his disciples and says, look, the harvest are plentiful. So labors are few. Uh, he tried to put that prayer burden on their heart. He says, look, pray that the Lord would send labors in the harvest. And so when you're crying out to God, God, God can work. This is just absolutely life giving to kick off 2024. And if we have this prayer walk with the Lord and prayer life with the Lord, I can't even imagine what can happen as a result in our families, in our churches, in our communities as a result. You're blowing my mind right now. We're going to do a short commercial break, support our sponsors here in the new year. Back with Dr. Bill Thrasher about what book he wrote that we have to have in our hands immediately for this year and many more to come right after this. My name is Glenn Story. I'm the founder and CEO of Patriot Mobile. And then we have four principles. First Amendment, Second Amendment, Right to Life, Military and First Responders. My name's Scott. I'm with Patriot Mobile. What is going on with all the woke companies in this country? It seems like everybody has completely lost their minds, right? No more. This is called voting with our dollars. We need to start prioritizing our beliefs and our values over convenience and comfort. And this is why companies like Patriot Mobile are so important right now. If you have a place to go put your money, you always want to put it with somebody that's like mine. Of course. I think that's the, that's the beauty of Patriot Mobile. We're a conservative alternative. My pronouns are Bible believer, gun carrier, and mama bear. We are the nation's only Christian conservative wireless provider. We're a well-funded Christian entertainment company that's making world-class games for children. And what we're doing is unique because we're building top-notch gaming content that competes with the top of the stuff on the App Store, but that contains God's truth. Whether it's games that are biblical or games that come out of a new world we've created called the Rimverse. I was looking out at the world and I got bothered by a few things. Anxiety, suicide, and depression rates are all-time highs for children, which exactly parallels the rise of social media on smartphones. I noticed that for the first time in American history, less than half of Americans go to church. While over 60% of people in this country, over 40, believe in God, that for children, well, it's only 32%. As a parent, and I'm a parent, and there's a lot of parents out there that we hear this from that want the True Play solution, there's nowhere they can take their kids to deliver them high quality entertainment, something that they're actually gonna enjoy and use, but that also contains God's truth, that contains the values that they hold dear. Head over to trueplaygames.com to learn more. 
Dr. Thrasher, we have to talk about your book. I have to read it immediately. Get Dr. Bill's book, How to Resurrect a Dead Prayer Life, Transforming Your Prayers into a Spirit-Empowered Life-Giving Adventure. What a title. Tell us more. What can we find in this fantastic book? Well, you know, it's this is sort of a, my own personal pilgrimage of how God gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit to help us pray, to motivate our prayer, to guide our prayer, to empower our prayer. Every prayer burden is not assigned to you. Uh, sometimes that was one thing that killed my prayer life. I tried to pray for everything that needed to be prayed for, but that wasn't a personal assignment to me. But I need to be open to God. What God gives me the burden to pray for, he gives me the grace to pray. Uh, and so God wants to help you get in touch with your heart. He wants to help you pray your heart. Sometimes he has to, through the Holy Spirit, pray your heart for you when, with those groanings too deep for words. So it's a wonderful, glorious thing that God wants to what? It's not just a human adventure. God is with you in this. As, as we said before, it's not just him putting another thing on your to-do list. It's God getting intimately involved with you and enabling you to participate with him and doing a wonderful work. I absolutely love this. Your website to bring you in to speak, conferences, donate, grab your books. You can find Dr. Bill Thrasher at victoriouspraying.com. What a fitting name for a website, victoriouspraying.com. If you want to donate to our cause, that would be fantastic. You can check all of that information out at counterculturemom.com. We are a nonprofit. Dr. Thrasher, I cannot wait to meet you in person. You have revived my prayer walk and my thoughts and deepening my relationship with the Lord just in the last 20 minutes. Thank you so much for working so hard to get this truth out to everybody. You rock. Keep at it, buddy. Thanks for joining us for the Counterculture Mom Show with your host, Tina Griffin. For over two decades, Tina has traveled the globe exposing how pop culture is glamorizing harmful behaviors without showing the consequences and how these messages are wreaking havoc on today's youth. Through radio, TV, podcasts, and our app, Counterculture Ministries is reaching millions every week with a biblically-based message for hope for today's teens and their parents. But we can't do that without your faithful prayer and financial investment. If you appreciate the ministry of Tina and Counterculture Ministries, would you prayerfully consider a generous gift right now? We have a donor matching dollar for dollar. You can give securely online by visiting counterculturemom.com or by texting the word DONATE to the number 55444. That's counterculturemom.com or text the word DONATE to the number 55444. Every dollar is doubled. If you love this show, you can stay up to date on the latest critical issues affecting your family by catching all of our weekly episodes with resource links, signing up for our e-newsletter, and downloading our Counterculture Mom app, where you get timely pop culture alerts. Visit counterculturemom.com for more details. And be sure to join us next week for another edition of the Counterculture Mom Show with Tina Griffin, where we are rewriting Hollywood script for our kids.